You know, there was an old SNL sketch uh, where Will Ferrell and I don't remember, Sherry O'Terry, that was the other one, where they were like news anchors. I think I've talked about this on the show before, actually. They were news anchors, and the teleprompter went dark. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know how to handle it. And like they just were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Let's throw it a commercial. And when they came back from commercial, Will Ferrell was shirtless. Sherry O'Terry was wearing a bandana. He had like a outprint of the hand on his chest. He's like, the hand will lead us to good. We are now all mem- members of the religion of the hand. The Isle of the Hand is promised. And every normalcy returned when the power came back and the teleprompter went back on. That's what my last week was. So I say uh, every episode, but I mean it in more ways than one this time. And we're back. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is giggling in the background. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. And uh, sorry we left you hanging there for a week. Yeah, there really wasn't much we could do. Uh, It was like... literally. The first few days we couldn't travel because one tree blocked this road. I mean, I took a, you know, skipping a jaunt just to like the grocery store. It usually takes me like a half hour as an outing. And it took me over two hours, like two hours and 15 minutes. That was on day two. And then, you know, I kind of got away to my brother's later in the week. But just we we can't put up a recording studio over there. Mike, I'm not going to lie. And this is embarrassing. But you, you talked about a television show, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll bring one up now. You remember South Park when Butters kept uh, – he got, he got, like, that tape recorder, and he was, like, Big Rig Butters, and he was yes. playing behind the bleachers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big Rig Butters here. <laughs> I was basically Big Rig Butters in my car the last few days recording fake podcasts. This is, <laughs> like, back to where – and I'm telling myself, like, i got to keep my reps up. I, otherwise, I would be stuttering like a lunatic. Right. Get back on with Mike, and I may still do that today, but I was getting my reps up, recording podcasts on the Knicks, how to fix them, and I keep, <laughs> you know, I keep going through all of these stages. Like, at the beginning of the quarantine, it was, you know, does Bigfoot exist? At the middle of the quarantine was, who was the Zodiac killer? Right. Then I yep. went to the Golden State killer, and, and now I'm trying to fix the Knicks. All of these unsolvable problems. <laughs> And so I was equally doing, important in American lore as well. Yes, figuring out this Paramount thing, which is going to be an, an episode we do later after some, you know, hardier prep. But I, God I, willing, I'm like I agree with your, your 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 analogy right off the bat here with Will Ferrell. Apocalyptic times are upon us now, <laughs> and we're doing podcasts on our own. Like I went into this blackout. And that's why we're, if you weren't keeping up with our Twitter, I was trying to tweet whenever I could. And I know Mike was as well. Uh, Mike got power back before I did, but I was out of power for a seven day span Mm -hmm. starting on Tuesday at like 2.30 PM. I got power back Monday, the following Monday at around 6 PM Eastern time. I was without power and I had uh, no internet access for those final four days of the blackout as well. So I was truly well and fried. I had no access to anything. So I I went into this blackout like a, uh, a a regular crazy person. I literally am wearing a headband now. My hair is super long. I look like I'm I'm a survival man. I really do. I got a lumberjack beard going. I it's it's just I've been sweating for days. It's just been gross. Like I feel like I've been on like naked and afraid. Except when I'm naked most people are afraid. <laughs> so I believe you number 1. I believe you cuz there was a couple days there where it was like cold showers. I yeah. Mean, the cold showers are just brutal, and that's br- just brutal. I, I, I can't believe we're at a point, and after all of the quarantine that we've been through, where 
there's no internet. We were surviving on the internet. Mm-hmm. We were living a life like Ready Player One, where we were just <laughs> in a virtual world. And then that cut off. For In my case, it was four days. In your case, it was seven. Yeah. And we were just like sitting in our cars, texting each other, getting like a bar or two because our phones weren't even working. Like they, right. like Verizon, the they... four, the 4G tower, like somebody said, I, I, one of my neighbors or something said one of the cell towers around here fell over. It's like, great. We couldn't even do anything. Like I couldn't even get a web page to load. For some reason, the Twitter app was actually really slow, but it was slow going and, and working at least. And I was able to follow Twitter and, and retweet and do the stuff we normally do for the most part. But my God. I couldn't spend any more time in my car. My car is such a mess that I, I am thoroughly embarrassed and humiliated. I don't want anybody to see my car. It's just that gross. <laughs> uh, we're still dealing with the, resi- the residue, I guess, of technical issues. So you might get some awkward edits because I've dropped Mike twice also in the, just the intro before we hit record and once during recording. So you're going to bear with us. But look, we're talking into microphones once again, which is... Better than talking to ourselves in our car because we need air conditioning like Mike just talked about. So it's a step towards normalcy and society standards and nor- and whatever all of that is all wrapped up in that. Um, I guess what this episode is going to be is a good way to kind of transition. Uh, we do have other stuff in the future. We know we promised you a guest last week. We always try to like hedge on not telling you about guests just in case something like, I don't know, a week-long blackout occurs out of the blue with no warning uh, so we can put those off and not disappoint anyone. We have been able, thanks to the graciousness of our guests, to reschedule them. Uh, so we will be getting a guest later this week. Again, hopefully, uh, assuming you know my furnace doesn't blow up or anything. Uh, but that'll be in the near future. We're going to try to stick to our, again, multiple shows per week uh, starting right now. And so what this episode is, is since we haven't done an MMO Weekly in a while, we've done news shows here and there, there's a lot of casting news, a lot of trailer news that has kind of built up. So we figured as an easy way of getting back into our recording, we're going to do a C-by-skip episode, which is going to hopefully cover all of the casting and trailer news that we have missed in the time since we've done our last official MMOW show. It's been about a month, and one of the you know, more fun segments, the more hopeful segments of MMOW is our Do You Care section, and that's kind yes. of where we hit on the, the casting news and what we really care about looking forward in like this big preview segment. And that's been one of the things that got th- you know left by the wayside, unfortunately, when we just got totally phobic of all the news. <laughs> like you and I were doing news shows on a regular clip, and then it was just soul-crushing after a while. This movie got moved, that movie got moved, we couldn't do it anymore. We had This has been a year, stuff. Mike, I think is what you're saying. This has been a year, <laughs> as a matter of fact. But we had a lot of cool stuff back up, and I figured let's put it all in one episode. Let's I mean it's gonna be a, a wide angle lens, a master shot of all of this hopeful stuff about the film industry. Can you believe it? We got hopeful stuff about the film industry and we get to talk about it. Yeah, and so starting off this marathon of hope, we're going to deal with a movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, right, Mike? (laughs) It's about a breakup, I think. I don't think it's about what we all thought it was about going in because Charlie Kaufman's kind of a downer at times. Do you think Charlie Kaufman has ever actually felt happiness or, like, (laughs) contentness or boredom? Like, any feeling other than melancholy and depression? He likes lilies. Uh, he really <laughs> enjoys a good uh, edit. I think he's in the editing room and he enjoys a good smash cut. I think that, uh, 
you know, he likes his Elvis, you know, from yes. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. <laughs> yes. And then he likes, you know, I think the, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of this. It's not frumpy. <sighs> Curmudgeon-y. Anyway, Philip Seymour Hoffman-like people <laughs> okay. in movies. I'm going to remember this uh, this term later on. Come to you halfway through the episode, no doubt. Yeah. Anyway, I said I wasn't going to stutter like a buffoon in this episode, but here we go. But, Mike, (laughs) there are three really cool trailers from the last few weeks. I'm thinking of ending things was one of them. Kajillionaire was another. Miranda July is someone we've really, you know, just been hyping up lately. We love her career. She's got this family of Evan Rachel Wood, Richard Jenkins, and Deborah Winger mixing it up with Gina Rodriguez from Focus Features and their con people. I love it and then we got this uh final trailer of possessor from brandon cronenberg son of david cronenberg coming out from neon jennifer jason lee andrea reesborough they're in some virtual reality thing uh like previous cronenberg movies uh of the past so what do you think you would see you would buy you would skip out of the this trio of trailers I'm going to answer it right away, and it's going to be heartbreaking and go against everything everybody knows about me, but I'm going to skip Possessor. Yeah, me too. That's less to do with the content of Possessor. I'm, I'm, I'm less squeamish, I think, than you are when it comes to like body horror type stuff and like really overly gross horror-centric things. So that doesn't really bother me, and like, oh my god, a body horror sci-fi with the name Cronenberg attached? Go figure. Uh, <laughs> but that doesn't really bother me. It's more of a testament to, I'm a huge fan of Miranda July, and... I am thinking that this might actually be Tony Collette getting her rightful Oscar she should have had two years ago in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. So those two things make me more excited for I'm Thinking of Ending Things and Kajillionaire than for Possessor. Again, it's nothing against Possessor. Possessor looks kind of gnarly. I, I have no idea. I really appreciate that the trailer gives you nothing about the story other than it's kind of like this maybe virtual reality type living. It's that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he goes to Mars under the VR scope and, <laughs> and, and it becomes all too real that Colin Farrell redid for no reason two decades later. Uh, but what's the, what's the name of that movie? I can't remember Total it off the top recall. of my head. Total Recall. Thank you. you I was trying to get out of that yeah. without saying... <laughs> I was trying to get out of that segment without having to say the name. Yeah. I couldn't remember it. So Possessor's my skip. I... If you want to see some, like, truly vulnerable, heartbreaking, tear at your heartstrings and just break you down to your essence type of, like, sustained longing, Miranda (laughs) July and Margaret Qualley on each other's Instagrams last summer did these, like, short videos over FaceTime, and it was the most heartbreaking, just depressing, awfully human stuff in history. So if you need that kind of taste, go there, go to their Instagram pages and watch those videos. I think there's a lot to offer for that type, but that's still going to be my C. I do want to see that, but my buy is Charlie Kaufman because it's Charlie Kaufman, because it's Tony Collette putting forward another fascinating character uh, for a lot of reasons about that trailer and how it had a very heavily horror toned and themed uh, aesthetic for me i think i'll end up buying i'm thinking of ending things so my short answer is i agree with you wholeheartedly on this one not surprisingly possessor scares me and i just go yeah. but I'll, pro- <laughs> I'll probably see it no question i'll see it and this entire exercise is a lie because i put these trios together to try and force these tough decisions folks but i like all three of these to be honest cajillionaire is something i probably see and when i say see i would buy 
I would purchase the PVOD on that. And if yeah. it comes out for 20 bucks or 15 bucks, like all of these different price boards, you know, they've been moving around for the PVOD. It's a focus features. So I'm guessing it will at least get that much. I want to see this movie. The trailer is, is excellent. And then, yeah, I've been a Charlie Kaufman stand forever. We really haven't studied him that much on this podcast because he hasn't done a lot lately. But uh, he came around at a formative time in my screenwriting life and my, uh, my film student life. So I totally agree with you. All right, Mike. The next trio is the latest news. And this all came out yesterday. There is a Tron, a Tron sequel coming from director Garth Davis of Lion, and it's going to star Jared Leto. So number one is a Tron sequel. Number two, Shia LaBeouf could be in the MCU's X-Men. This is exciting because the MCU's X-Men is starting to get some casting news here. Shia Mm -hmm. LaBeouf could be the Iceman in that franchise. And then Ben Affleck is now attached to direct The Big Goodbye, which is about one of the first movies we reviewed on the show, Chinatown, the making of Chinatown and all the pitfalls of that movie. See by skip those three. So I guess this is a good way for me to say this is literally my first exposure to any other of these stories from this point on down. Like I was prepared for those first three trailers and then everything else I'm hearing for the first time, so it's really a gut reaction for me. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing... The Big Goodbye is going to be an Affleck Oscar grab, yes? Uh, He's, you know, made movies about making movies that have won awards, you know, from movie people. So It it seems to be him nestling into a a, a bit of a comfort zone there, and I'm always a sucker for behind-the-scenes machinations that go on in the industry anyway, regardless of how true or false they may be. So that one definitely piques my interest. Listen... I love Iceman, and he was one of my go-tos during Marvel vs. Capcom video game playing days, back when arcades existed, and all I had to worry about in terms of power was whether or not the machine was plugged in, and not, you know, if I was going to be able to survive in 90-degree weather in the sweltering heat. That's neither here nor there. I'm not bitter about Eversource at all. Uh, I think Shia LaBeouf returning to blockbusters is interesting in and of itself. He seems to have matured, right? You believe that with me. We've seen a more mature Shia LaBeouf in his more recent outings. Honey Boy, Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, these are all more grown-up things than I think we had with Transformers LaBeouf. I think those are going to be the two for me, but I do want to stand, even though I'm going to skip Tron, because Tron's never really been something that's that's appealed to me all that much. Jared Leto's gotten a lot of shit for his involvement in this project since yesterday. Really? At least from what I've seen online, Jared Leto is an underrated actor. I got news for people. He's very good in every role he gets, isn't he, or am I crazy? I thought this would be a tough decision for you because of Jared Leto in Tron, even though I know you're not a sci-fi kind of guy. So I'm the same way. Like, Tron, just never been a franchise for me. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same way you are. I'm seeing Shia LaBeouf in MCU's X-Men. I'm kind of buying Ben Affleck in The yeah. Big Goodbye. I, I have to see that. I'm skipping the Tron sequel, but again, I'm lying because I'll probably see that too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'll tell you what. I'm more likely to see a Tron movie if Jared Leto's the lead exactly. than I am to see like a, a Tron sequel just because. So why were people mad? He leaked the story? Is that it? It's just like disdain for Jared Leto. Like, I don't want Jared Leto in my Trons. What what are you talking about? Trons is a a property that's had two movies over 30 years. Did they see Blade Runner 2049 and the twinkle in his eye? How his (laughs) eyes are willing to just mirror the, the lighting in the back of a Roger Deakins shot 
me reflect <laughs> Roger Deakins cinematography from his eyelids. That, that's just that's great. That's a great actor right there, folks. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, same. I, I agree. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Michael, the next trio is uh, star team-ups with filmmakers. So, uh, again, this is like a schmattering S-C-H-M to start that word off in terms of your spelling nerddom here. But it's a schmattering of uh, news from the last month or so. So here we go. We have The Woman King is going to star Viola Davis and be directed by Gina prince Blythewood. We have a high school movie. We talked about PTA's high school movie. Paul Thomas Anderson is setting a high school movie in the San Fernando Valley in the 1970s that has been picked up by MGM and has added Bradley Cooper. And then finally, Jordan Peele and Issa Rae will team up in Universal's Sinkhole, which is a movie. Not so... This is the more difficult one for me. I think I'm going to do it straight up in the reverse order that you said it because Jordan Peele and Issa Rae are two people that I have giant crushes on and I think can do no wrong in my eyes and I've always liked pretty much everything that they've put out. Uh, so that's a great team up just for like my fantasy booking purposes mm-hmm. in terms of like, gee, I'd love to see a movie by this director with this person starring in it. So I think that's going to be my buy. Uh, I know... We are both suckers for PTA. You probably more so than me, though. Uh, how many times is the Phantom Thread cut count up to now for you? Well, I just kind of saw it the six times in theaters and then once on All right, video. So the, seven. That's still a solid <laughs> seven times you've seen that movie. Liked it. Uh, Liked it a little bit. <laughs> um, Bradley Cooper's been hanging out in Connecticut. Uh, again, I've, I've been disconnected from the film world and from every kind of news outlets for a while, but I've... I've heard stories from friends, and I know we made the local news at one point, but Bradley Cooper, Leo DiCaprio, and somebody else very, very super famous have been, like, just hanging out in Westport, Connecticut. Uh, I'm going to go stalk them. No, Uh, (laughs) but that does, uh, it piques my interest knowing that Bradley Cooper is getting back on the Oscars course himself, and everything Paul Thomas Anderson does is going to be must-watch at this point in his career. Uh, That's going to be my C, and unfortunately, even though Viola Davis deserves more than the Oscar that the lone Oscar she has uh, teaming up with Gina Price Blythewood, who was a writer on Love and Basketball. She was a writer on The Secret Life of Bees. I, I don't know that much about Blythewood's career. I'm excited anytime we see something from Viola Davis, but I still have a sour taste in my mouth from Widows. I'm sorry. I hold grudges. I was really excited for that movie. Uh, she was great in it. The performances were fine. But, but it was let down. The last time I got really excited for a Viola Davis movie, it, it was it was that one, and it, it it disappointed me. So that's going to be my skip for that reason. What about you? Yeah, I'm also going to have to skip The Woman King for this exercise, but it's a lie because I'll see it anyway. It's a mm-hmm. historical epic about a female general in an army in the early 19th century of uh, this African war, and it, it seems like it's all kinds of uh, action-packed, and it's going to be an action drama there. Yeah, that screams Oscar's vehicle, too, for Viola Davis. As everything she does should at this point. Exactly. So, yeah, I got to go with what I know I love for the moment mm-hmm. and say that a 1970s movie in the San Fernando Valley, Bradley Cooper being involved in a PTA movie. All right, I'm buying that, no question. I'm paying the ticket at the movies to see Sinkhole, which is... 
like the kind of philosophical, psychological thriller premise that we've loved Jordan Peele for up to this point. I mean, they mm-hmm. buy this new house, their dream house, Issa Rae and whoever they cast in the husband role. And there's a sinkhole in the backyard that magically fix the, fixes things. So that sounds like a cool ass idea that Jordan Peele's going to go bonkers with. Do you think the, the sinkhole goes to the sunken place? Are we going to get like a whole Peele universe here? I wouldn't put it past him, but no, I would doubt it. But I, I mean, think about it. If you're Jordan Peele, should you do everything standalone or should you maybe hint at, you know, yeah. a CU? I, like, I, I think it, it's smarter for him to maybe hint at CUs, give a few clues, but not, not go that far. Have like a Tarantino-verse type setup after like seven films. People finally start to catch on that there's a, a through line. Yeah, exactly. I, I like that idea too. Yeah, what makes the most YouTube video content for Jordan right. Peele is the, right. what matters. <laughs> Uh, Brad Pitt, by the way, the the third famous guy that's been hanging around Westport, Connecticut. I couldn't remember. Uh, So those are three gorgeous men. There you go. And why aren't we in Westport right now? Anyway, (laughs) filmmaker-actor pairings number two. We have Christopher McQuarrie. This is not a surprise, but he will now direct the Tom Cruise, Elon Musk, filming this freaking thing in actual space movie now, Michael. That's insanity. Isn't it? (laughs) But he's almost filmed in space. He's filmed in midair. So right. he got close. So I guess it's just the next step. It's the next step up. Brad Pitt is boarding Bullet Train for David Leach. So, you know, two capable storytellers there. And finally, mm-hmm. you have Disney is doing a live-action remake of Pinocchio with director Robert Zemeckis. And, of course, Robert Zemeckis, two of his more successful films, Forrest Gump and Castaway, starred Tom Hanks. So... Geppetto in this remake of Pinocchio is going to be Tom Hanks. Well, that sounds absolutely terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) A live action Pinocchio. (laughs) They've been floating this around for forever. And yeah, Roberto Benigni played, you know, in that weird version, the weird Italian version. It was okay. But like we've had Guillermo del Toro was supposed to make a remake Pinocchio forever. This is Disney doing it. This is Zemeckis and Hanks. It's probably not going to scare you. Can we get Tom Hanks doing Oscar stuff again? Like, can we not? Can we get Tom Hanks actually earning Oscar noms instead of just we give Tom Hanks Oscar nominations because he's playing the last generation's Tom Hanks and Mr. Rogers and it makes us all smile? Well, he was already good in Greyhound. Last year he was nominated for Mr. Rogers and he is coming out with News of the World this year. So I think you're going to get your wish. That's true. Again, I'm off my game, people. I've been unplugged for a week. So I'm just going to (laughs) keep throwing that excuse every fucking segment. Um, Then that said, I have no. Pinocchio has never been. Been a mo- like even the Disney cartoon, I was not a Pinocchio guy at any point. Were you? I'm Italian, so of course yeah, I am. You fuck. You have a Geppetto in your life, don't you? I, I know you. I've you known, got a family member that makes wooden dolls. I bet. I've known so many Geppettos. I'm also <laughs> phobic of lying, and I think I want to be a real boy. And I like amusement parks, and I'm drawn it's into all- them. Uh, I'm asking the wrong guy. That was basically a biopic for you. All right. But I'm going to skip the Disney live action remake about uh, Pinocchio because I'm pretty sure I've had nightmares about that already. I don't know much about David Leach's career. So it's Atomic Blonde, John Wick, uh, Deadpool 2. You know, he, that's that's David Leach. Yeah, he directed the uh, Hobbs and Shaw movie, which was a big box office hit last year. I imagine that's the type of movie this bullet train is going to be. Five assassins aboard a fast-moving bullet train find out their missions have something in common. Hmm. 
interesting premise, uh, kind of Agatha Christie-ish, maybe, but uh, how can you not want to buy the idea of Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise reteaming up and actually going to space? I still will believe this isn't the next Mission Impossible movie when it's advertised and sold to me and I've seen it because it makes no sense for the next Mission Impossible movie to not get to space in terms of what they've been building up to and what they've been accomplishing in the last couple films. All I know for sure is that that movie, when it comes on Blu-ray, there's not going to be any motion smoothing on. Can you imagine if it just sucks? <laughs> they spent $200 million and they remake Ishtar and it's just the worst movie ever. <laughs> I could see that blowing up in their faces. I know we're about to do film sets from hell with one of our favorite YouTubers that's coming up. And I'm so mad, by the way, at the Big Picture Podcast for doing like 20 minutes on it this morning. We had this book last week yeah, and we would have scooped yeah. them. So nobody says we could, you know, we copied them. But anyway. If you want to pitch to me that Andy Greenwald is in bed with Eversource, and they're conspiring against me. I've been so disconnected from reality, I will buy anything at this point. Chris Ryan was on there, and he did the same research I've done over the last two weeks. Yeah, see? uh, This is all coming together! Fitzcarraldo (laughs) and moving the giant ship across the Amazon and Ishtar and all these terrible productions that started out kind of like the kernel of information we get. Christopher McQuarrie, Tom Cruise, Elon Musk are actually (laughs) filming this in space. It's going to be a disaster, or at least it could be. I don't know. It's it's. But it's, even if it is, don't cool. you have to see it? Oh, you have to. Right. We have to. Right. Other people can laugh from afar. So, all right. <laughs> see by skip. Did, did you did you pick your three here? Yeah, I'm gonna. I I will buy the uh, the Macquarie space movie. I'll see Brad Pitt. And I'm gonna skip with all. I truly will skip. I think live action Pinocchio. All right. I'm going opposite on this one. I'm buying live action Pinocchio because of course I am. Uh, I don't want to racistly pronounce things, even though I'm Italian, but you make fun of me when I say things in Italian. Anyway, I'll probably, like I I just admitted, I will see Christopher McQuarrie's Tom Cruise movie in space because I have to see it. And then I guess I'm skipping Brad Pitt boarding the bullet train for David Leach in this instance. It could be dumb. It could be awesome. Hopefully it's awesome. Mike, the next trio here is casting announcements and these are star pairings so there's some big news in these denzel washington is reuniting with julia roberts to star in the next netflix movie leave the world behind so mike for the last week i don't know if you know this but i didn't have power so (laughs) what i did was i actually opened some of these blu-rays you make fun of me for you did uh, for having and watching because you have a generator that i have a generator exactly i have the tv and and all that uh but no air conditioning it was 90 degrees in my house that's neither here nor there i actually watched for the first time the pelican brief with uh, denzel and julia roberts and it was a movie it was a movie that existed in the 90s that felt That's very correct. 90s. And I, do, I can't remember a thing about it. I do remember like a manila folder. That's about it. Yeah. Do you remember? No, that's, you, you got the basics. <laughs> so this is a, a novel coming out this fall. It follows a husband and wife as they head out to a remote corner of Long Island expecting a vacation with their teenage son and daughter. When the owners, owners of the rental return in a panic one night after they say a sudden blackout has swept through the city, Michael. Oh, I'm, look I'm, at this. I'm learning this in real time. After the blackout swept through the city, the couple aren't sure what to believe. With the TV and internet down and no cell service, the two families are forced into a tense living situation. Themes are that deal with race, class, and parenthood are tackled. This is Sam Esmail. This is Mr. Robot. This is Homecoming. 
uh, from oh, CBS. he does human, he does interpersonal tension really well too, Sam Esmail. So, uh, very excited to see that. And uh, let me speak from experience here, Mike, because I was without power recently. Uh, <laughs> I'm an ass. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer, they're starring in a sci-fi thriller, Invasion, and Noah Centineo. Noah Centineo, I should know how to pronounce his name. He's the biggest star in the goddamn Lord planet right now. Lord knows every teenage girl does. TikTok is going wild. He is going to join The Rock in Black Adam. So see by skip those, Michael. I think if you're human, you have to see the Black Adam thing. Um, because that's going, that cast list as it builds is going for the best looking people of all time to be assembled in one place. Just when you have The Rock and Noah Centineo, that's enough. And The Rock finally was involved in some DC marketing I've seen the last two days when DC has this special event coming up that I think is being held all online. Uh, they had all their big characters together to kind of do this big marketing push on their own individual Instagram pages. And then behind the scenes, they went and cut a bunch of jobs. So that's good. One who watches reality TV, which is basically about people in their underwear who happen to be beautiful, you need to see this movie because beautiful people are going to be in it. Exactly. I, I, I'm not gay, but I'm human, as the saying goes. And I, I can't see. Be, I'm only so resisting to those types of things. And I very much so, in all seriousness, am curious to see The Rock pulling off a comic book superhero, even if it's a bad guy, to see what that's going to look like. I don't got a lot of information for you about Invasion, by the way. I think... Uh, just a new sci-fi thriller, Amazon Studios. Jesse Buckley looks like she might be involved as well. Michael Pierce is the director. He did Beast from 2017. There it is. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot out there with it. Two young brothers who go on the run with their father, a decorated Marine who's trying to protect them from an inhuman threat. Okay, so basically people on the run from an invasion. We're going to get a lot of apocalypse movies after this whole quarantine nonsense. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. Uh, fit it in while there's still an industry to capitalize on it. Are they giving something away, though? If they're saying it's about two young brothers and Riz Ahmed and Octavia Spencer are the two stars, does one of the brothers, you got to assume one of their brothers either dies or doesn't play a big role. I don't know, but it wouldn't be the first time that a movie has kind of, uh, you know, spoiled itself by... Mm. Uh, you know, making an announcement around its premise that kind of does its in, yeah. that does itself in rather. I'm glad we got a little shine on invasion because that's what I'm skipping. I'm going to obviously buy the Denzel and Julia Roberts property regardless. I mean, Sam Esmail being attached and that kind of premise that that's that pulling of two uh, the fibers of two families is enough to intrigue me anyway. But even if it was just Denzel and Julia Roberts and there was nothing known about what that property is going to be, I'd still likely end up buying it just because of the fan I am of both of theirs. So that, that's fascinating because I figured you would, uh, I figured you would buy Black Adam. But all right, I'm, I'm going to see Black Adam. I'm going to buy Denzel and Julia again, and yeah, I'm going to skip Riz and Octavia for now. But maybe yeah. they uh, twist and turn that one a little differently, and we get some happier buzz. Mike, the next casting announcement trio star as a star pairings number two. We have Naomi Scott from Aladdin saying that great song. Mm -hmm. Anthony Ramos from Hamilton. He's going to be in the Heights. He's the star of that. They are going to star in Distant. And this is about an asteroid miner after a crash landing on an alien planet. He basically has got to find the only other survivor who is trapped in her escape pod. This is Naomi Scott and Anthony Ramos here. We what's have the, uh, Mike, what's the, uh, the Nolan movie, the space movie? Interstellar. Yeah. It's the end of Interstellar. Uh, that's the joke I was going to make. Hang on, goddamn you. <laughs> now you just got to leave it in because we're just... <laughs> All right, I'll leave it. 
Jody you stole my joke. Did, but I, you didn't tell me the joke before I stole no, it. No, no. I, I don't have deep comedy right now, but I have some comedy. <laughs> Mike, Jodie Foster, Tahar Rahim, Shailene Woodley, and Benedict Cumberbatch, they are starring in a legal thriller for STX. And Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. One, once mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch's name is in there, the next words in the <laughs> sentence, if you're trying to present information, they're not going to come out the way you no, planned. It's a mess. <laughs> so basically, this is about... Uh, Wow, I can I can come up with none of this, but there you have a the U.S. government imprisoning someone for years wrongfully, and there's a big trial, which yeah, apparently the first time in, that happened. Apparently, that exists in a courtroom. So uh-huh. we got a th- legal thriller, and we got John Boyega, Felicity Jones, Jody Turner Smith. They're going to mm. star in the thriller Borderland, and this has got a heavy premise, but it's basically like this counter-terrorist film that involves the families of the soldiers, and it's pr- it's really crazy. It's not Borderlands, the yeah, video game. The, yeah, the, the distinction I was going to make is that I, this doesn't sound like it's going to be the video game adaptation uh, film, but still, that's a loaded cast. Boyega, Felicity Jones, Jody Turner-Smith. Well, I'm still waiting to, to make the big star turn and break out. Right. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, so far about this list, all the skips, uh, other than Pinocchio, all the skips are things that like have just lost out due to happenstance, like the other two have just been stronger, but they've all been three like really, really strong choices. I try. Uh, you, you do a good job. And this one, again, I have a tough time coming up with what I'm going to skip. I think of those premises, just because I am who I am, the, the legal thriller speaks to me. That's one of my favorite genre of film. Uh, so I think I'm going to end up buying that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'll skip the Naomi Scott, Anthony Ramos distant one because I've already seen Interstellar. So I know how it ends. Uh, I'm just going to, I'll see the the Boyega. Boyega, Felicity Jones, and Jody Turner-Smith. That could be a really, really intriguing threesome there. You're not wrong. I, just, I think I'm a little afraid of that premise. It's really it's heavy. heavy. I, I didn't it's mention heavy. the heavy premise. but So I'm going to skip that one for the moment. Then again, I'm lying. I'll probably see all of these, but uh, I'll I'll see the legal thriller with with Jodie Foster and Benedict there, and then I'll I'm buying the uh, I'm buying the Martian times two or the two you know settings of the Martian, and they got to find each other. I'm all about that. Hopefully, there's music. <laughs> Hopefully, Christopher Nolan gets his hands on it. I would just like to see another one of Christopher Nolan's movies <laughs> in the near future, and I'll leave it at that. Anyway, Mike, we have some more casting announcements here, and these are some big ones. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cox is coming back as Gale Weathers. Bye! In Bye! Time. Yeah, but you're quick to say that because we've got two more that are pretty good. Billy Eichner is going to play Paul Lind in Man in the Box. So we're I happy sincerely for Billy. and thoroughly believe that's going to be an Oscar vehicle for Billy Eichner. I think, uh, I don't know if people are that familiar with Paul Lind. He was famously the center of the square in Hollywood squares from like the 70s for a long time. He did a lot of stuff in the 70s, 60s and 70s. I think that is a ripe role for Billy Eichner to capitalize on and really show his uh, dramatic chops with. And he is such an Oscars junkie and an Oscars trivia mastermind yeah. that I would love to see him at the Oscars just yeah, messing with Yeah, that's people. a great point. That's a great point. He would be one of my favorites to, to just be there, to be in the room. My God, that would be great. Dave Franco is also going to play Vanilla Ice in To the Extreme, Michael. So these are three that are very good. I, I had to bring the game with two and three because I know you're probably going to buy number one. 
Yeah, I ha just out of principle, I have to buy number one. These are all three very, very desirable uh, properties, and I do plan on seeing them all. And I think Dave Franco, depend man, these musical biopics can go any which way. I mean, the Straight Outta Compton one is like the ideal right now, at least right. in terms of how they've been done recently. But obviously, the, the Rami Malek had all sorts of Oscar success with the Queen one, and that broke all sorts of box office records. Uh, you had the Tupac one, which pretty much went unnoticed. That's kind of like the, the poorer version of how these things can go. So they're really volatile. And man, the career of Vanilla Ice has plenty to turn cinematic with. And Dave Franco kind of looks like Robert Van Winkle anyway. <laughs> so I think he's got that going for him. That could be very interesting. Nonetheless, I think that's gonna what I'm going to end up skipping. Only because the other two are so much more intriguing to me. Billy Eichner, as, that, as playing Paul Lynn, man. God, there's a lot there for a biopic. So again, I'm lying. I'm going to see all of these. Yeah, even if even if it's a train wreck with Dave yep. Franco, but yeah, I would agree with you. I'd probably skip the Dave Franco as Vanilla Ice for now, especially after Vanilla Ice was in That's My Boy, and I actually watched <laughs> That's My Boy, and it was so gruesomely bad. It's still funny. How dare you, <laughs> Billy Eichner? I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy that just because. Yeah, I can't I blame you. I want him at the Oscars, and I'm gonna, of course I'm gonna see Courtney Cox. Act and scream five, and I'm happy for you because you're getting what you're asking for. You want I those hope, three. I hope I am. I'm very, very skeptical still about what's going to go on with that movie. All right, well, let's move a little quicker. Uh, yeah. We got a bunch more of these to to get through. In a See what happened, style. Mike? Is last week I didn't have power, <laughs> so I had nobody to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, we're pontificating a bit here. Can you can you tell that we've been it's been a while <laughs> recording fake podcasts in our cars and just having broken spirits? <laughs> like I was really worried for you at a certain point. I was like, this guy was he was on the edge already, man. Uh, Where it's, it's is been, this? It's put been him? loading up. If I'm not if this if I don't have this fake Mike One persona on, I'm crying. So yeah. All right, more casting announcements. We have Sam Rockwell deflect the real emotion to the <laughs> entertainment business. Just Wait. suppress, suppress. Suppress the real emotion and start talking in a happy voice. <laughs> Sam Rockwell will play Merle Haggard in country music film for Amazon, Michael. We have a uh, Fletch reboot that's going to star John Hamm. <laughs> Which, if you're going to pick a new Fletch, John That's, pretty That good. is the only take for that movie I have. We haven't <laughs> talked about this. That is exactly what I was going to say. Go ahead. And great recent bad guy in a lot of stuff, Jude Law, is going to play Captain Hook for huh. Disney. Huh. So this, again, this is harder than it looks. Sam Rockwell, Merle Haggard, Fletch, John Hamm, Jude Law, Captain Hook. Yeah, that's that Merle Haggard picture is pretty much... The fiber of my being as a film, as, as a as a man, basically, tearing against each other because I love everything Sam Rockwell does and I'm such a fan of his, but I hate country music, <laughs> and I know nothing about Merle Haggard or what he's done, so I have that going against itself. The John Hamm thing could be a train wreck. It could be whatever. I don't think they should remake Fletch. That's so ingrained in what Chevy Chase is and what his career has done and accomplished. But if you are going to make it, like you said, you can. You can't do much better than John Hamm, I guess. And Jude Law, you're right. I, there's a lot of appeal for him as Disney. I guess... Just... you got to see a train wreck if it happens, right? So I guess I'll see Fletch. 
I'll buy Jude Law's Captain Hook, and I guess I'm skipping Sam Rockwell, even though I'm probably going to end up seeing it because it's Sam Rockwell. I think if you're ranking the upside, I would go with Sam Rockwell. I wonder if a flush Amazon Studios is going to start pouring more resources yeah, into their point. film department, and these original films are going to get a little better and a little more awards play going forward. So that one has the most upside. I totally agree with you, country music. I, I like a few songs Drunkenly saying I'm in college kind of thing, but <laughs> not much more than that. Yeah, the Fletch reboot could be terrible. Let's just mm-hmm. be honest. It, it's got the most downside. It's a boomer bust pick here. Yeah. But I'm buying that, and I'm seeing Jude Law as Captain Hook for probably Disney Plus something or other, so I'm in. Yeah. Remaking Fletch isn't as offensive as remaking The Princess Bride, <laughs> but you still shouldn't remake Fletch. You probably shouldn't remake, remake Fletch. I mean, Chevy yeah. Chase was Fletch. Like right. for the rest of his career, no matter right. what he did. <clears throat> I'm not saying that in a, because Fletcher was so popular. I'm just saying he was that weird guy. Right. He, I mean, he the, the, the character guy. of Fletch was Chevy Chase. Exactly. <laughs> Mike, I got some weird casting announcements All here. Right. These are some weird ones. Night Bitch <laughs> is going to be a movie that stars, no offense, Amy Adams as a woman who thinks she's a dog. She's turning into a dog, Mike. So the movie is called Night Bitch. Let's cancel Amy Adams, please. Thank you. Lady Macbeth, which is, of course, the, you know, the movie with Florence Pugh. It is a soul-crushing parade of sadness. It is you know this just brutal period piece right. that you think is just going to be a costume drama that turns into this just sociological cluster you-know-what. So let's a great sell it film. to kids! It's going to be a YA musical <laughs> now in the works from the directors of Anna and the Apocalypse, which, you know, they made a musical about zombies eating everybody in the world, uh-huh. so kind of makes sense. And then Millie Bobby Brown. This just sounds like you know who killed me or whatever that... Uh, Oh, wow, you're dig- digging back into the Lindsay Lohan days. Uh, I, Lindsay Lohan, I Know Who Killed Me, right? Yeah, it's anyway, I Know Who Killed Me, look at you. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things is going to be in a Netflix con artist thriller, The Girls I've Been. This is, it's very, they're all very odd. Uh, I'd like you to apologize to Amy Adams for calling her that, please. But it's nonetheless, the, the movie. I, I, I've said what I've said, sir. In the premise uh, of the film. <laughs> I will. I'm probably never seeing the Lady Macbeth YA. I mean, that's look. All respect to that effort. That sounds like somebody took darts and just threw them at different things on their wall, and they came up with this. I, I, I mean, maybe it's going to be the greatest movie of all time, and I will once again be proven wrong and seem like an idiot. But I wonder I, if these directors are going to keep taking like these hard edge properties and making these YA musicals out of them. Because in the Apocalypse, yeah. is totally a YA musical in its own right. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe, and more power to them if they have continued success with it, but I have no appeal for Lady Macbeth right now as a musical <laughs> aimed at young adults. Uh, I want... I, I'm going to buy Millie Bobby Brown. I I, I, I I have worries about her career, or about at least what she... I feel like she's growing up in the public eye too fast, and at least historically, when someone has done that, mm-hmm. it's it's... It's hurt their career. I mean, they've derailed. They How can you do that? It's impossible to literally go from child to adult all in the public eye. I mean, it's it's such there's so much stress and so much downside uh, that comes with that. So I, I'm hoping she is able to avoid the trend of young celebrities that go wayward. Uh, that said, 
everything she does, she's great in. I think she's a phenomenally talented actress, and I think she's going to be a treasure for years to come uh, if she keeps putting out this type of work. I'm very excited to see anything she's in, and getting her own leading role here in a Netflix movie is a huge opportunity, so I'll probably buy that, and I will see Night Bitch. (laughs) <laughs> Which is a sentence I knew I would have to say someday. I'm buying Night Bitch 100% all day, every week, probably in a lot more categories, because I can't believe they're making that movie. And it's the weirdest <laughs> announcement I've ever seen. And I can't believe Amy Adams is doing it. Is this like just her being ma- mad that she hasn't won an Oscar yet? And she's like, Fuck it has to be some sort of uh, yeah, doing, some, doing yeah. Night Bitch. <laughs> it, I would think. So I, I wonder if that's it. But anyway, Lady Macbeth, YA musical, sure, I'll see it. Because <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown and I Know Who who Killed Me Part 2 for Netflix. I'm sorry, Andrew, of the Nomcast. <laughs> this one I'm not buying into here. I just, I, I, you sold it hard, Mike. This sounds like a star that's become too big for her britches. And I don't oh, know what she's I doing. Hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, too. But it just sounds silly. All right. The could-have-been-casting section of this episode, Mike, we had Janelle Monet. She's on the record. She wants to play Storm in the new X-Men for the MCU. I mean, how hard would that be to, to do? Give it to her. What do you mean she wants to? Why isn't she locked in? Give it to her. She'd be great. A huge, burgeoning movie star. All right, let's 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 be honest. The MCU has not necessarily paid their movie stars as much money up front. They've waited till their things have become hits. But yeah. Then again, they've been landing some huge talents lately, so we'll see. Dave Bautista, a bunch of stories were released last week where he was supposed to be Bane in the new Batman, right, with Robert Pattinson. That apparently got shot down. It's not happening. Maybe it'll surprise us all, and they're lying. But Dave Bautista as Bane in this could have been castings trio. Finally, Mike, I don't know if you were ever a fan of NBC's Hannibal. I I watched Yeah, me too. I watched a bunch of those. They're disgusting. The most disgusting show ever. Turn me on. Anyway, John Cusack or Hugh Grant, they were supposed to be the Hannibal Lecter in this Mads Mikkelsen role, right? I mean, how... I mean, your mind... My mind would have just blown up into a million pieces if John Cusack was Hannibal Lecter. He's the one I can't pick. Like, I can see Hugh Grant doing it. I can't picture a John Cusack Hannibal Lecter. Even Hugh Grant, like, can you It'd imagine tough, right. my mom and what that would have done to her <laughs> if she, like, caught? I mean, she still flip, flips the channels, my mom. What if she caught an episode of Hannibal where, like, Hugh Grant's just biting someone's neck and ripping their throat out? And... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you would have to lean more into Grant. Mads Mikkelsen's Hannibal was more the, that underlying, like, evilness. And like mm-hmm. those dead eyes and stuff. Hugh Grant, you'd have to lean more into Hannibal as a charmer and being very charismatic, which Mads Mikkelsen pulled off, but they'd have to be different types of Hannibals. But, uh, you know, I read that Dave Batista story, and at first I read it as Dave Batista wanted to be Batman, and I was like, that wouldn't hmm. work because what giant Bruce Wayne is just going to kick every bad guy's ass? Yeah, but didn't you see the cartoon back when we were kids on WB there, or Channel 9 for us? WPIX was the oh, New wow. York station, right? Yeah. And Batman, the, the cartoon series, and I think, obviously, the Joker, we rewatched uh, some of it, but that Batman was giant. You're right. You're right. And I I wouldn't necessarily be against that, Dave Bautista. 
uh, playing this monstrous hulking Batman who, you know, really can kick ass like crazy just with his, you know, bare fists. I don't know. He would be the Batman that takes the most shit of all time, though. It's like, why you why do you have stuff on your belt? Do you see you? You're a fucking you're a walking bicep. Just jump to the ledge of that building. Don't do this batarang shit. You're a superhero. <laughs> Run through the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> and actually go toe-to-toe with uh, Superman. You don't need that extra armor because you're just who you are. Right. All exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, this is why we're going long today. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll buy I'll buy Janelle Monet because I think that writes itself and that's easy to do and it should happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I will see Hugh Grant as Hannibal and I will skip the Dave Batista as Bane even though it makes a ton of sense. Well, all right, so I'm going to see Dave Bautista as Bane for the reasons I mentioned, uh, or Batman in my case. Janelle Monet, same thing. I'm buying, you know, movie star, new X-Men, just makes too much sense. That should actually happen. Yeah. And I'm skipping on behalf of uh, also Mom, I'm skipping (laughs) Hugh Grant playing Hannibal because I don't want her to see those things. The brain wouldn't be able to handle it. I understand that. All right. Filmmakers attached to new projects, Michael. We have Luca Guadagnino. He will team up with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg to adapt the gay hustler story, Scotty and the Secret of Hollywood. This is a documentary I keep kind of referring to about this gas station that was the base for this prostitution ring in the 40s and 50s, and it's this really layered story because on the one hand, prostitution, probably not great, you know, kind of Mm. slimy. On the other hand, you have all these LBGTQ Hollywood members that can't find love anywhere in the real world, and this is kind of how they did it. So serving a community, but kind of slimy. I don't know how to think of it. It was a really abrasive documentary in many ways, and I guess thought-provoking. And this anyway, is going to be a film adaptation of that documentary? Yes. Hmm. So Scotty and the Secret of Hollywood, Luca Guadagnino teaming up with, of all people, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. So right. That's, that's surprising. Captain Marvel 2 landed director Nia DaCosta of Little Woods and the upcoming, what seems to be a hit movie now, like you posted on Twitter, Candyman. Right. Is, am I reading something incorrect there? That, that makes sense, doesn't it? There's no way she gets this job and they announce it this early if everybody who has seen Candyman isn't pleased with it. Candyman's been in the, in the can for since the spring, right? So everybody's right. seen it probably in the industry there. Yeah, they got to know it's good. That's how I, I, it's the only thing that makes sense to me, because if they make this announcement and Candyman comes out and it's super polarizing or it's super weak and it just gets killed across the board, immediately Disney gets negative attention and Disney is not in the business of negative attention ever. Right. Makes too much sense. Edgar Wright, one of my favorite filmmakers, he is going to direct a movie about a haunted film studio. Oh, man. Called Stage 13. And we may have some more you know, to talk about this kind of thing in our next episode. I don't know if I'm picking a haunted film production yet for one of my three. I can tell you I'm going to. Okay, good. So hopefully we'll (laughs) each pick one because that's fun. I love that stuff. Ah, God, these are another great job by you with these lists. This is another three that's really tough to skip one. Evil laughter. Cue it now. I have to buy... Nia DaCosta getting the Marvel Captain Marvel 2 job mm-hmm. only because it means so much for different studios and, and, and different films in the industry if I'm reading that correctly and if I'm not I'm not and then good for Marvel for going out and hiring Nia DaCosta anyway and giving her the reins despite Candyman and how it will be received but I think this means Candyman's going to be at least a critically appe- appeasing film which is great news for Candyman and great news for horror great news for Jordan Peele etc etc down the line uh, so I'm going to buy that 
I don't want to skip either one of these two. I guess I'll skip Edgar Wright only because, I mean, it's a great premise, but I'm, I'm also revved up already to see Last Night in Soho, and we've done a lot of prep work for that and preview work for that, that I don't want to move on from that yet, so I'll see Luca Guadagnino teaming up with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg because, my God, does that sound like a fascinating movie to be made, and I'll skip the Edgar Wright one. So I would just be disingenuous if I didn't buy the Edgar Wright. You have to, right. You I have, have to. to. He's like my favorite director working today. I'm going to see Nia DaCosta's Captain Marvel 2, and I'm going to be a little hesitant to watch Scotty and the Secret of Hollywood, the live-action version, just whoever was involved with it, because that documentary was kind of a tough sit. It was just tough to watch because you're dealing with a situation that's morally, it's just so confusing. Like, you're happy for these people and all these stars in Hollywood. But I mean, maybe that's why it's going to be great. So, again, I'm lying. I'm going to see all of these. But uh, that's where I stand for the game. Michael, Filmmaker Announcements Part 2. We have Jason Bateman is in talks to direct Here Comes the Flood, a heist film for Netflix. And I know you just watched all of Ozark. Yeah, I'm sure Netflix wants to get their claws into Jason Bateman, director, uh, as much as they have Jason Bateman, uh, actor, because he's done great work with Ozark. He just did The Outsider for HBO, at least as a creator. Oh, you're right. Yeah, forgot first, about that. Yeah, first two episodes there. We have George Clooney. Will du- he's directing The Tender Bar for Amazon? And then he's we- an underrated director. I feel. Yeah, he's going to be coming off The Midnight Sky this year. That's which is true Supposedly too. a major Oscar contender. So George Clooney getting bought up by Amazon. You got you got to take notice when things like this happen when they're supposed to have this huge contender and then they get signed later on. It's mm-hmm. got to be a project to look out for at least. And then you have Focus Features. They are buying into the James Gray filmography yet again. He's going to make a movie called Armageddon Time. Okay, I'm done with Focus Features until I get my hands on Promising Young Woman. Uh, I've I've had relationships that have teased me less than this uh, tryst that I have with this movie. I want to see it so badly. I know our buddy Matt Neglia at Next Best Picture got his hands on it. He raves about it, says it's one of his favorites of the year and one of the best of the year, and I just can't take it anymore. I have to see it. All I care about is that movie as far as this film year goes. So Focus Features can give me Promising Young Woman before they give me anything else. It does hurt. sir. It does hurt that we haven't seen that film yet. But uh, Robert De Niro, Oscar Isaac, Donald Sutherland, Anne Hathaway, Kate Blanchett are going to be in that film. In Armageddon, Armageddon Times? Time. Yeah. James Gray. Now read the cast list for Promising Young Woman, please. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll skip it. This has kind of been my running theme with this whole episode is that I need to come up with like really subjective and personal reasons to skip something because these all sound very appealing as any kind of James Gray adaptation would. Uh, but that's the reason I'm going to skip it, just because I'm selfish and want to see Promising Young Woman. So a reason that has nothing to do with that adaptation or movie, uh, and strictly because of the studio that pa- bought the rights and is putting the film together, that's my grudge, and that's why I'll skip it. Uh I'm very curious to see both Clooney and Bateman in directing chairs. I guess just because of my love for Ozark, I will buy Jason Bateman doing Here Comes the Flood. Though I do think George Clooney is very underrated as a director, and I can see him having a whole second or third act of his career strictly behind the camera. Yeah, it makes makes sense to look out for George Clooney, like I said. There is the longest uh, premise ever about the tender bar, but apparently it's a suspense movie. It's funny, a classic American story. Oh my God! I just can't That's, read through this whole premise while the microphone is going. That yet. sounds like all Clooney stuff, though. He's, he's not really sure. Clooney's got some Wes Anderson to him in that he's kind of oblique and ob, you know abstract. Then it comes together and he gives you a few laughs and a few one-liners, and it, it always talks about important issues. 
I got I got to buy the Clooney one. All right, it basically it's about a New York City disc jockey. Yeah, I'm buying the Tender Bar, I guess. And I'm probably skipping Armageddon time even with that cast because it's about like this book about Gray's childhood memories and he basically told us all about his childhood memories in Ad Astra in some way, <laughs> metaphorically that wasn't really a metaphor. And I guess I'll see Jason Bateman just cuz it's on Netflix and it's a heist film thriller and you're probably going to end up talking me into ozark at some point but again i'm I'm lying i'm going to see all of them but if i'm power ranking them that's how i'll do it all right mike last couple here we have some streaming acquisitions netflix is buying amy adams's the woman in the window or at least they were rumored to buy it last i checked if that movie is good i will eat a hat so what kind of hat are we talking here? Are we talking a new like, era fitted seven and five eighths oof. Yankees cap. Oof! You got a monstrous dome, by the way. <laughs> anyway, making fun of you aside, Michael B. Jordan's Without Remorse, which is a Tom Clancy property, I believe, that will now go directly to Amazon instead of heading to movie theaters. And then we have Apple acquiring Justin Timberlake's Palmer. Which, of so, course, is the biopic about former Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer starring <laughs> Justin Timberlake, who's half-sized. Yeah, they kind of look alike. I could, I could talk myself into that. It's a drama with Justin Timberlake. Again, I probably should have wrote down the premises. It's about the before. first time an Arnold Palmer drink was ever made. <laughs> the first man to dare to mix lemonade with iced tea. Look, dude. This is about former college football phenomenon. I was starting to get excited. Halfway there. Eddie Palmer, ah. who after a stint in prison, <laughs> returns to his hometown to get his life back on track. Carson, you'll never beat the Steelers. Look, every college quarterback is six foot five, and they got hands that would wrap around my head. <laughs> it makes no sense to put Justin Timberlake, who's been—he's a tiny guy. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I this—I'm—I'm I'm skipping that one. I—I. Uh, I ha- we have to watch Women in the Window despite itself because there, if it's look, <laughs> I could start a billion sentences and not do a coherent thought about this movie. If this movie's good, it'll be shocking because why in the world would Disney be handing over a good property to Netflix when those are the two titans battling each other for viewer share supremacy right now? It makes no sense for this movie to be anything more than a film. Yeah, this is basically a stink bomb that they're trying to set off in the Netflix, you know. And Netflix can use it. I mean, Disney Plus probably could have used it, but Netflix can use a property that's an Amy Adams starring adaptation, Gary Oldman's. Like, Netflix can use that movie. It'll draw eyes. People will definitely click on it. I don't think Disney Plus would get subs with it. People will definitely click on it. But maybe it's mediocre, and maybe that would mean that it'll play okay on a streaming service and that nobody would go see it in theaters. And Disney can't exactly put it on Disney Plus. Probably because it's about, like, home invasion and crazy people, so... (laughs) It's not the Oscars movie we all thought it once was. Exactly. So, all right, I'm going to say skip Timberlake's Palmer, buy without remorse, and yeah, I'm in the same boat. See an Amy Adams, the woman in the window, because it's going to be on Netflix, and I'm going to click on it no matter what the Rotten Tomato meter says. Michael, (laughs) film TV announcements now. We have Pixar announcing... Their next film is a coming-of-age movie called Luca, set in the Italian Riviera. You're going to see that with your entire extended family, aren't you? 
I think I'd live that with my entire <laughs> extended family. I wish I did. Anyway, Disney Plus is going to reboot Home Alone with Kenan Thompson, Ali Mackey, and Chris Parnell. That would so, be a lot more offensive news if they didn't bastardize the Home Alone property once before by taking like Home Alone 4 and Home Alone 5 without Macaulay Culkin in it. That was a huge disappointment to my younger brothers Yeah, uh, in the mid-90s. or It might have been late 90s. Yeah. They were hugely disappointed by those movies. And me, kind of watching it over their shoulder, I, I would totally agree with you. But Keenan Thompson, if anybody can pull something sure. off, yeah. you know, he's got talent. Hair Love, Mike. This was the short film that won the Oscar last year. It's going to become an HBO series. If you guys don't know, what that was basically about a dad trying to do his daughter's hair. Really adorable story. And another shout-out to YouTube, which is going to be our theme of the week here because... You know, you can figure out how to do anything on YouTube, including doing hair. So that's just FYI. <laughs> uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I'm going to buy the Pixar movie every time. I will see Hair Love becoming a series, and I will be skipping the Home Alone remake. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree with you again. I don't know why I put these trios together, and I thought they were hard, but somehow we see them the same way for the most they, part. I mean, they have been difficult. It's just, you know, it's just right. where we're landed. Right. We miss each other. That's what it is. Because what happened this past week, Mike, is I didn't have power. Yeah, yeah. The, I think uh, I think there's definitely absence that makes a heart grow fonder. <laughs> and then when the heart meets, you know, b- b- it like you remember Ad Astra, where he pulls himself through the, you know, uh, over the umbilical cord, and then mm-hmm. he comes out on the other side. Was that a metaphor for something? You think it's not really fonder, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway. Tiger Woods, he's getting a two-part HBO docu-series. You called this out when we were reviewing The Last Dance. It writes itself. We have the next batch of Unsolved Mysteries that's going to hit Netflix, and I know you've been watching these. They're going to have a freaky-deaky ghost show. They need something as a draw for that. I was kind of let down by that, uh, the rebooted series. There were a couple mysteries that were really, really actual mysteries. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, for the most part, it was kind of like just like true crime which was weird for an Unsolved Mystery show. Oh, so it wasn't that good. I, you were tweeting about it. I don't remember. The first episode tweeting. is really, really freaky, and hmm. it, something happened, and it's a great mystery. All right. Finally, and I don't know why I grouped these three together, Ren and Stimpy is being reimagined as a series on Comedy Central, those TV announcements. I think my mother, whose birthday, actually, it's, it's Mom One's birthday today, so happy birthday to her. Happy birthday, uh, Mom One. I think she first realized she had lost control when uh, <laughs> a, young, a young Mike One was allowed to stay up <laughs> past his bedtime with his babysitter to watch uh, Ren and Stimpy when she had vehemently uh, proclaimed I was not allowed to. So that has a special place in my heart. That was the moment she realized <laughs> she's lost control of her sons watching that nonsense. I, I agree. My mother hated Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. And it was a yeah. show for parents to hate. It was definitely a show for parents to hate. I haven't rewatched any of it in years. I wonder if it's funny or not. I don't know. I don't know either, but I am excited. I, I'm buying Tiger Woods. That could compete for any kind of award they want to put it up for <laughs> if it's done well enough. Uh, I will see Ren and Snippy, and I will be skipping Unsolved Mysteries Whoa. ghost shows. Not what I thought would be your choices when we went into this, but I'm going to agree with you again, like for some reason I thought. Anyway, all right, the final category here is about big IPs and first-look deals. Uh, I got a twosome here. 
I guess this is one and two. Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese, their production companies, signed first look deals with Apple TV Plus, Michael. Apple's got to be taken seriously. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Leo's made some smaller productions like his, you know, environment stuff. Hulu bought the sure. last one, etc. But yeah, I think uh, I think he could branch out more into that regard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then we have Oprah. She is going to adapt 1619. And what 1619 is is the New York Times magazine issue and the podcast 1619. It's basically what talked about the history of slavery and the impact of slavery on American history. And the podcast 1619, it's going to be turned into and mined for feature films, TV series, documentaries, and other cross-platform content for a global audience. So big plans from Oprah Winfrey yet again. Yeah, the 1619 project is basically the premise that uh, America never dealt with the original sin of slavery and that America was really founded in the year 1619, not in the year 1776. And it's the backdrop of which slavery led the, the road to uh, the Declaration of Independence is being signed. It's one of the most important journalistic endeavors. I think the New York Times started it, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong right. on that. Uh, but I, I know there's a lot of conservative pundits who are very, very against it and hate the idea of it. And they speak down against it. Um I'm buying this because when I was without power, speaking seriously this time, I, all I had was like political books at my disposal. So I've been doing a deep dive into that as if I don't talk about politics enough on this movie podcast. Uh, but it's very it's very prevalent and important to me. And it's I think should be to a lot of people. And I think this is in the perfect hands. Oprah Winfrey has been able to be a great producer before. And she's been able to hire hire uh, phenomenal talent to get the right stories told. And I think this will be another case of that. And I'm excited for it. Skip and see between Leo and Scorsese, just because of the reason you said, the track record suggests that Scorsese is going to have more watchable stuff immediately. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll see that uh, deal before, and I'll skip Leo's, even though obviously anything Leo puts out production-wise or, or acting-wise, I'm going to see. So that's where I stand. What about you? No, I totally agree yet again. I don't know how I crafted these trios to just for us to agree the whole time. It's it's really shocking to me. But yeah, there's a mandate. <laughs> there's a mandate for projects like 16 uh 1619 right now. Oprah Winfrey, like you said, she's handled uh things very well as a producer in the past. And then yeah, Leo just doesn't have the track record right. of Martin Scorsese's production company so far. That's the case, but you never know. I mean, Killers of the Flower Moon might be terrible. We've it could be. I mean, look, 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 the Irishman was good, right? But it was long, <laughs> and we've seen what happens when Martin Scorsese is given free reign to do Martin Scorsese things. Well, look, I mean, cautionary tale for all of these, you know, films in this trio. We have seen important movies go wrong. Mm-hmm. in the past so wrong mm-hmm. they were so bad and we're going to probably talk about that in our next episode michael <laughs> but killers of look the at you with Moon, the segue good job an important movie may be terrible we have no idea we'll have to wait and see but yeah we certainly that's hope our, not yeah that's our c by skip episode on uh, casting announcements 
All right, so we'll see you guys in another three weeks. No, obviously, <laughs> uh, we joke. We thank you sincerely, listeners, for sticking with us and, and clicking play on as many episodes as you did during this downtime. This was, like Mike said at the top of this episode, something that was a complete aberration, we hope, and just totally out of our control. But uh, Did you say apparition, like a ghost? Yeah, it was a ghost. It was a ghost that came up and stole my power yeah. and never gave it back. What, what did I mean to say? I did say apparition. What did I mean to say? Said, Ab- I think you meant aberration. Aberration is what it was. All right, aberration. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. I uh, it's been a long week, Mike. <laughs> been a <laughs> long week, <laughs> but we're back now. And uh, thank you once again, dear listeners, sincerely for for listening. Uh, we will be giving you content on a regular basis and a regular schedule, uh, like Mike alluded to. We do have a guest that's lined up for our very next episode, so hopefully that will be the next time you hear us, and we'll unveil who that special guest is uh, when the time comes and in regular order. And until then, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your C by skips for all of these little lists that Mike put together here in the separate ones. Do you disagree with any of us? Or are we way off base according to you? Are we skipping something that we should be buying? And vice versa, let us know. You could leave us those as well as any other comments, questions, concerns, what have you at Mike, Mike and Oscar on Facebook or Mike, Mike and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on the Twitter machine. We are Mike, Mike and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts. And while you were listening to us on Apple podcasts this past week, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five star review, because you know, we're actually giving you content now as opposed to the last seven days. <laughs> hey, that'd be cool of you to do. And it would sincerely make our day. Michael, uh, you've already teased what's coming next. What about some words of wisdom here also to end on? Yeah, get a clock radio. You know, that <laughs> the clock radio is so useful. I, I bought one for $15 on Amazon the other day. You make sure it's battery powered. Like, I realized I didn't even have a radio. I had to go in the car just to turn on, you know, the, the radio and listen to the news yeah. about what the hell was going on when I couldn't get on the Internet. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if this was a real apocalypse, I would be so dead so fast. <laughs> if this was an alien invasion, I'd be done. And all these movies of the next 15 years are going to convince me of this because there's only going to be apocalypse movies as we learned today. But, yeah, you, you're, you said it yourself. we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. we got a lot of collaborations coming up. We booked another yeah, we t- two guys uh, you know, for later in the month. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think we want to weigh in some way sh- somehow on Paramount and Mulan. Uh, I think that'll be maybe an end-of-the-week show after we study it some more. I don't know if it'll be like a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday release schedule this week, but I, th- I think that's the plan. We don't know. Who know this? The way this year's going, yeah. you're gonna get EEE. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna finally get COVID and just don't like wish turn that into on a me, zombie. man. I oh, have no immune system. <laughs> you're done. You're you're in trouble. I'm in bigger trouble. We're all in more trouble at this point. So I guess we'll talk ourselves into more optimism as the week goes along. But right now, it's kind of scary, <laughs> guys. When reality, or you know what, 2020 sucks. You can come listen to these episodes and hopefully share some laughs with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Try to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very, very soon. See ya.